my gosh. Okay. Oh, you joined by phone. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for trying to get that working. Sorry about all yeah. that. We have another link we can try after if this fails, but then yeah, maybe, maybe that'll be. I'm going to make this work. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so you're nice we, and clear now. We've been having windstorms that are cutting out our power here. And oh. I think so. My computer just lost power, but now this is working. <laughs> wow. It's just the culmination of things. Well, thanks for mm -hmm. calling in. Um, yeah. Just to continue where we were talking before, found out that Joe makes a bunch of money counting cards. And that is on the plane, yeah. Support a family and go on vacations and do different game development projects. So, when you were talking offhand about just making this thing work, one of the questions I have for you that maybe we can get into after um, some of the background and how you sort of ended up in that direction is like, this feels like a very motivating thing for you. Like, there's this thing, I just want to make it work, whether it's like, with your brother and you're just selling stuff on eBay and like flipping textbooks when you're younger or like quitting a software job to do card counting. So, right. That's yeah. what I did for a long time. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, is there anything particular about that sort of motivation that seems to fit through a lot of the things you've done where it's like, can this work? I don't know. I'm going to do it. And if that's too vague of a question, I'd be happy to start talking about how you started card counting too. Uh, yeah, that, that's definitely the way my mind works. I I get this idea of a way to make a living and I focus so hard on it and try every way possible until I kind of force it through. <laughs> I yeah. make it work. Like I did that with e-commerce for years right after college. And then we moved to Seattle and I did it with game development and then as a way to earn side income, I did it with card counting, blackjack. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and how did you even end up choosing that one? Because I feel like that's the thing everyone hears about. They hear about like, oh, that one MIT group or that one Christian group or whatever that all just count cards. <laughs> that's right. And it's like, yeah. Why did you think that's the one when you could have just as easily been like, I'm going to go down this tech sector path and make a bunch of money in Seattle, which is like a very classic thing for a lot of people with your background. More That's easily, right. you could have more easily done the yes, software thing. exactly. You did the harder for thing sure. for potentially less, but still. Looking back, like that's 100% true. Um, most of my friends that moved out to Seattle when I did, they were working at Amazon or working at uh, Microsoft. And I saw the hours that they were having to work and I was thinking, well, maybe I can be a little more flexible and kind of make my own schedule as I've always done on eBay and Amazon selling. And it was kind of, it started out as a pipe dream and it just snowballed and things worked out perfect with uh, our location geographically like i was 10 minutes from a bunch of small card rooms in seattle and i could drive anytime during the day and go put a few hours in at the little casino and i started playing more and more and studying more and more and practicing more and more and i realized it was a legitimate way to earn income at any hour of the day and uh, i i kind of liked that it was just a unique thing. It, it, yeah. it was something that I had never thought was possible for years. It, it kind of sounded like a myth. Like everybody had talked about that movie 21 and the MIT blackjack team, but nobody I knew did it. Yeah. And uh, 
I, I just wanted to discover it for myself, look at the data and prove that it could work. And, and I, I did, I, I've always been interested in like statistics and building your own models, simulating stuff, but I wanted to see it in person yeah. to prove my simulations. Correct. Yeah. So that's I thousands of hours in it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I, let's definitely get more into that. But that's the thing that I think I saw that it made me think like, this isn't really about computers, but I still would love to have Joe on Computation Club because this feels like very much a shared motivation among a bunch of like math and computers where it's like trying to come up with something new and something different that you can just like force into existence if you work hard enough at it and a long enough time where you sort of know a direction you're going, but don't know what it fully looks like. Um, yeah. It's one thing to, to see it on your computer and see how the statistics are supposed to play out. That was the first thing I ever did was download software called CVCX by Norm Wattenberger. I think he released it in the nineties and it's one of the first card counting simulations that ever, there ever was. And I played a lot with that for weeks and I simulated a bunch of different strategies, but I just wasn't satisfied with <laughs> the simulation. I wanted to see it come true in the real world. Yeah, the real thing. Um, and it's safe to say that not all of your different family members or other people had such a rosy disposition about this idea of going and making money at casinos, right? Isn't it? Nobody. <laughs> some people still don't think it's a real job. They think you're just like an addict who's losing money or something. Uh, they don't think that. But yeah, they definitely don't consider it a real job or a real way to earn income. And I'm used to it by now. Like that's, I don't try to explain it over the holidays anymore. <laughs> I just totally <laughs> accept that they don't understand it and that's fine. But yeah. uh, I do have I an older brother who plays poker and he totally gets it. How so, uh, good jumping into... Oh, Kutub, go oh. for it. Yeah, I was, was going to say, so jumping into the role of one of your relatives at Thanksgiving asking about what you do, I'm curious if there's like a, uh, I guess like, a concern about like uh how do i oh my god i'm trying to figure out like career um continuity that's the word i was looking for right where like if you if this ends up not working out or if like i don't know the, the card rooms you're going to you know catch wind of what you're doing um right. you know jumping back into um the more traditional like oh yeah i'm just doing tech sector work is there like a concern that you might not be able to do that or that i might not be able to rejoin like a tech job yeah or like um yeah just because like you know i i wonder if like employers will even be like oh what have you been doing for the last couple of years yeah that's definitely a concern i've talked about with people and my brothers it definitely won't look good on a resume to have a, a giant gap and said <laughs> advantage gambling income for three years <laughs> it depends on which state you're in some people might be more understanding um, I was not as concerned about that. That's why I went forward with it. But I definitely have a lot of family that still to this day thinks I was kind of insane to to take the leap in a totally different direction. <laughs> but I, I think there are employers who would understand it for sure. I just have to search a little bit harder. Yeah. Well, okay. Makes so sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, Max, you can go for your question if you want, but I've got another one too. Yeah, I, I just, for my own un understanding, I wanted to ask, um, 
but how good are the people you're beating? Like, are you, are you mm. playing against other like professionals or other people who are good at what they're doing? Or are you just kind of like clearing yeah. up the table of, you know, schmucks like me, uh, in blackjack. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I forgot to say, so yeah, it's, it's not actually against other people, Max, maybe Joe, we can talk about. Yeah. Can you explain just the mechanics what of what the game is a little bit and yeah. what you're doing at, a, at like yeah. a general level? Absolutely. Um, so blackjack is 21 if you've ever heard of the card game 21 and a dealer who works for the casino is standing across the table from you he deals you two cards and he gets two cards and if the total is less than 21 then you have a choice to either get a new card or or stay with the amount of cards you have and you will hit or stand and if if you go over 21 you bust and you lose your money and then the dealer tries to hit or stand and he if he goes over 21 he busts if you haven't already busted and uh that's kind of like a a very small description it's a very simple game you could play it and learn to play it in a few and, minutes. and if neither of you bust the higher one wins right that's right if neither of you bust the higher one wins Interesting. And there's a very simple strategy that you can download off the internet or look on your phone. It's called basic strategy and it gives you an exact option, whether you hit or stand every single time you could play like a robot. And that gives you 49% against the casino. So for every dollar you bet, you're going to get 99 cents back. Yeah. Yeah. So but when you play, count, you lose. So what right. how do you make money off this? Yeah when you count cards and you start to learn the history of what's been dealt in the deck and how to keep track of the cards in your head, it raises your advantage to about 51 and a half percent. So for every dollar you bet, you're getting a, a dollar and two cents approximately. And over time, you know, you bet higher instead of betting a dollar a hand, you're betting a thousand dollars a hand. So you're getting $1,020 for every bet. Approximately, and this, is, and this is exploiting the fact that the shuffling isn't like perfect random after every hand, right? That's, that's right. That's the thing you're using as your tool here for leverage. They they deal from a set deck of two two decks of cards or six decks of cards, and it works no matter how many decks they're using. You just keep track of it in your head, and you change your strategy based off of how how many certain cards have been dealt. Are you going to hit or stand? Well, they just dealt a bunch of aces and kings, so now you're going to change. It's it's different. It varies based off of your counting inside your head. Yeah, and then um, just to add a little bit of color to this, there are also different kind of mitigation strategies at different casinos, right? So you have some that shuffle differently, some that have more or fewer decks, all these different things you can explain better. And I Different rules, yeah. There are different strategies and nuances based on the place and you it's not like you're just following a specific formula even though you do have strategies and mental models for counting cards but you do need to be a bit creative at different casinos and different tactics in certain scenarios right that's right and that's where the real skill comes in the actual beating the card game becomes robotic pretty quickly the real skill comes in reading the casino knowing how how good they are at backing you off or detecting that you're counting cards and how long increasing your longevity for how long you can play and how much you can bet 
that's where the real scope comes in over time. Okay, one follow-up question. I, if I was involved in the casino industry, I would have used computer vision to figure out who you are a long time ago after I detected that you did better than 49%, you know, over right. the course of more than 100 games at my casino, and then you would not be allowed back in. So right. do you have to, like, change? I'm sure they're doing this. Do you have to change casinos every X months or something? How, how do you reckon with that? Yes, I travel a lot. I'll fly to a different Got region. It bounce around and you would be shocked at how lazy casinos can be very oh, really? lazy. like they they do have these systems in place to check and back off card counters sometimes they'll even be as aggressive to trespass you from their property but over the years people get very lazy and they just stop doing it for a while and they they stop caring about it really Okay. And so I'll just play and play until they tell me to stop at some place. One place I've played over 400 hours and they still have never backed me off. And you probably made a bunch of money off of them too. Whoever is running the place is like not getting a promotion whatever year you're there. <laughs> that's right. And it, I have been tipping, but that's not the reason why I'm staying there. They just don't really seem to think card counting works anymore. It's a remote area of the country and they've forgotten that math is a thing. <laughs> that's fascinating so joey i this is not necessarily true of all members of our group but at least some of them right now have done like arjun in particular i don't know about other folks have done some software reverse engineering and exploitation and there are so many parallels to the things that you're talking about here where in a lot of scenarios it's like you have a system in front of you you take some time to learn what it is and then you try to find your best strategy to find any loopholes or things that you can do. And that's a lot more like one-off repeatable. It's not like a thing you keep playing because you use the computer to do that, but the sort of search for an exploit, it's it's really similar in that way. So mm -hmm. is this something you've ever dabbled with or been curious about or explored? Just a personal interest question for me. Um, like computer hacking and stuff. Hacking, yes. Um, more in my graduate college years because I had to for classes but I haven't done it much since then my information security classes it was a lot of fun trying to I bet you guys would be the, the guys I would I should go to <laughs> to <laughs> relearn that skill yeah sure if you're curious we can we can chat about it at some point um one question I have is here's a question oh, yeah. actually if I could cut in please do um I keep hearing everyone basically ask the same question, which seems is how the heck can you actually do this? Uh, which seems to be restating, I didn't think that you could actually do this. Um, and, and so I'll take my hat off and say, good job for doing what I haven't been able to do. But I understand that you're making software or a video game, yes? That's right, yeah, that is my ultimate okay. goal. Oh, Along that lines, if what you're able to do with cards is counting and finding possibilities, and that's something that you can dabble with along with house rules and work around in order to make money, I have to ask, what interests you about video games? What draws you to that if you're able to do this, if you don't mind me changing the subject? Oh, no, no problem at all. Um, 
I've always loved video games. That's been my favorite thing to do when I when I can, when I, I'm not having to earn a living, pay the bills, spend time with my family and kids and everything. Um, and I'm just so fascinated by what makes a great video game today. Like what what do people want to play that is entertaining, good for you, healthy for for you mentally, but um, just creates uh, a great time, like a great way to spend your time. I, I truly believe there are some amazing video games out there that are one of the best ways to spend your extra time. A lot of people disagree with me on that as we've gotten older and we have so many responsibilities, but I still love to play video games, make video games and um, playing a card game for a living has caused me to think about statistically like inside of a casino, people are playing these very mundane games for hours and hours and hours. And I, I don't really understand it. I, I guess it's because it it can be kind of addicting, even though they're losing money, which is kind of sad. But I, I always want to use what I'm learning about these these games that are addicting and try trying to turn that into my own game that is not addicting, but can um, use some of those patterns and behaviors to to my advantage as a game developer and and see what makes you want to engage more with a game if that makes any sense i don't know that's a long convoluted way to answer that question about game development but i'm constantly using things i'm learning in my life uh and in blackjack and card counting and other games that i'm discovering inside the casino there's tons of games in, in most casinos all over america and i'm trying to develop a game that no game i would never make a gambling game i would never work for the other side but um a game that makes you want to engage with it and is is fun and entertaining and educating sort of way and that's what i'm building well, there are right enough now. video games that are there are enough video games that are out there that are trying to be good and you see people like yeah. blizzard trying to find the next Fortnite or companies that are taking games that are already successful and trying to somehow steal the Fortnite thunder. So clearly people are out right. there with the same question saying, geez, how do I grab that same thunder? These morons over here are found with this simple shoot everybody, be the last man standing game. And I can get why they do that, but what are the games that, reach on out and grab you and have you found any commonality in terms of you know, uh, seeing which games are actually working and i'm throwing this out within the context if you say look at skyrim or some of these other open world games where you just walk around and interact with the environment um interesting but after a certain point it's like well i've been an ogre or a lizard for a couple of minutes uh, <laughs> right that's not really doing it for me. My step-grandson uh, was in WoW and found a system where he went on in, cleared out the auction house of every, say, 
something was on sale for prices between one and 10, bought everything nine and under, and then relisted it for 10, artificially <laughs> making the market look as though the actual product price was 10. And in essence, made up the difference between whatever he bought in 10 on everything that he sold, basically doing stock market, stock market arbitration <laughs> within Inside, wow. wow. And, you know, the possibility of making that, that happen is pretty wild. Even the cat and game mouse of say, um, oh, there are some companies that, allow people to mod their software, but it also allows some software developers to throw in hacks so they can jump around on a map. And so there's clearly a certain point where there's the design of the actual game and then being able to thwart the people who are clever at uh, basically getting in and being more clever than the actual right. software. Yeah. So when you look on around, and you say, holy smokes, what are these people doing? This looks pretty interesting. Are there any particular examples of games that speak to you more so than others? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I love card games, obviously. Uh, Hearthstone, I think, is one of the greatest card game, virtual card games that has been made. You mentioned Blizzard, and I think they really found something pretty great with that one. Uh, Slay the Spire is a really good one, too. I do love the open-world RPGs. It's a very different beast. <laughs> um, uh, the Witcher is one of my favorites, just because I love the, the open world um, that they built. Uh, I love the Zelda games. I think they're a great balance of a lot of things, puzzle solving, art, and uh, open world. I, I haven't been able to play as much as I used to, unfortunately. The new Baldur's Gate game is very good, but um, I do like action games more than I did, more than turn-based, believe it or not. I, a lot of people in my family <laughs> make fun of me for that. Um, I, I don't, I'm not... I'm not sure what sort of games you guys play, but uh, those are just a few that I've been maybe, playing. Maybe this is a good time to get into your game then. Do, do you think you could tell us a little bit about what you're building, how long you've been building it, and what your sort of grand vision is with, with this game? Yeah, so the game is Arn's Gift. It's an action RPG. It is um, a short narrative interactive playthrough with light um, combat and puzzle solving and uh, exploration and it's it's really a, an art masterpiece from Kristen my wife she's the artist who's been building this world for for years now and it it's like a, a visual unique art piece and that uh, also the story we're trying to tell. We, we were writing a novel originally. And uh, while I was working on my computer science degree, we decided to turn it into a video game because I was programming. She was uh, drawing and creating these incredible art pieces. And we just kind of joined forces. 
Can you right now, name again? And do you have like a Steam page or something? Yes, it's Aaron's Gift, A R O N apostrophe S, Gift. And it's, we're on Steam, but it's not released. We're thinking about doing early access. And it'll be also be on PlayStation. We have our PlayStation development kit. Well, I just put a link to it in the chat, by the way, so people can click that. We also link to it Thank on the page. Oh, true. Um, so one question I have that I think blends both the game development and the card counting is both of these things are not very clear. Like, it's not obvious if you say to someone, I'm making a game or I'm going to go card count, that you're going to be successful with it, right, on first blush. And it's uh -huh. also not a type of thing that um you're just going to be a natural talent at and succeed immediately right both of these things take considerable focus and work and likely especially at the beginning like confusion or derision from other people and in some ways i i see this as like similar to hacking or developing some weird software or doing a phd and i'm curious what is it about these scenarios where you can sort of be like here's where i want to get to and here's where I start. And there's a huge gulf. And you just start like walking through whatever path that takes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, what yeah. is it that makes you want to do that and still approach these things that take a long time before there's any sort of real payoff, if there even is one? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was just knowing that I was comfortable spending many hours programming for video game's sake and uh, I just really enjoy the problem solving uh, all the elements that go into that I, I think it, it can be an amazing art form and an incredible um, way to just solve problems and, and continue bettering your mind I, I think game development is one of the best and Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, were you going to finish a thought or? I was going to say it's a similar thing that I did with uh, advantage play or, or card counting. There's a lot of creativity and problem solving. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I'm curious. Um, I'm curious how long or sorry, how large your team is and how how long you've been working on it. And, and a bit of context for why I'm asking the question is that so I do uh, I'm doing my Ph.D. in games. Um, cool. And so, like, I have a lot of game design knowledge, but it's very abstract because I've never actually worked in the industry. And so I'm, like, I'm really curious right now of, like, oh, like, hey, what does it actually look like on a day-to-day, -day, like, indie game dev? Uh, or, like, yeah, like, what are, what are the challenges actual indie game devs face insofar as, like, yeah, like, okay, how long does it take to make a game at the level you're making it at? Uh, how many, you know, how large does the team have to be, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I've... The team I'm working with right now is just two. It's just me. You, you and your I, wife, you said? Or? That's right. Yeah, we've had some people come in and help, like giving advice and uh, doing code reviews, peer reviews, things like that. I've taken our builds to some hack nights and hackathons where I... I did some quality test, quality assurance testing, play testing, and also just showing people my project. But other than that, yeah, it's just us two. And uh, it's taken thousands of hours and we still haven't finished. So <laughs> that, that's because we 
give in to the scope creep. If you, I don't know if you've heard that term when you're building uh, software. But Absolutely. Yeah, we we tend to allow scope creep to do its thing as long as we think the features are are that good and they they test well at conventions. We we've done a lot of play testing at video game conventions to see what people like is the game worth playing and are they able to get through everything that we're trying to to let the, the player get through and uh that's helped a lot the play testing helped a ton as a small team we, we really needed that over the years um but uh usually the teams are bigger we're i feel like after going to Seattle, I, I, I was part of the Seattle indie developer community for five years. And I noticed that we're a little bit more reclusive, smaller team in the way that we approach game development. Usually it's between two to five people. And that still takes thousands of hours to develop a, a good, solid game. And that's including marketing and release and bug fixing whenever it's done. But um, yeah, I, I'm not sure if you want to know like our day to day, how how we're able to work on it. But yeah, hit me. Um, yeah. So I'll I'll work mostly on programming and uh, like fixing bugs from our last convention, from our last play test is a lot of my several hours and then i'll take two more hours in developing a feature that we're working on like our our inventory right now is one that i'm constantly working on and until that is is rock solid i have to spend two three hours a day working on that and then i have to do art integration which is another two hours and the way Kristen builds it is she does gigantic Photoshop files of like 20, 30,000 pixels. And I have to figure out how to break that down, put it in the engine. We use Unity Engine. And uh, I program in C Sharp for everything. And the art integration was the, the thing that took the most hours. I probably spent close to 1,500 hours just figuring out how we were going to go from conceptual art to on-screen moving in the engine and you just got to iterate so many times to see what works but sorry it's a little abstract way to answer the question but that is no not really when you take a look at the way graphics is moved in the uh, gaming engines that are out there actually what you're talking about is pretty critical how do you develop something from the ground on up in a way that integrates in with the technology that's out there in such a way that you're not just talking so hypothetical or pie in the sky, you can't right. implement. If you get so far down into the details, at a certain point you lose, um, what, the vision of the forest for, for looking at the trees at the roots? Mm -hmm. that, that's a very tough balance to uh, make. Yeah, and developing that process can take a long time, and until you find it, you find what what's comfortable for your team, for the people you work with, and then you can just keep iterating and building more content, more features. 
So and thankfully, sorry, go ahead. Jay. Go for it. You're good. I was going to say, thankfully, we are past that phase, but that initial phase in game development can take a long time until you and your team are comfortable with going from concept to working on screen. So, Joey, one thing I'm curious about that I think ties some of these things together is we're sort of talking about a lot of the really good parts and the cool parts, right? Like you've set up a life where you guys can work on this game that you love and can work on as long as you want. You have the card counting, which is also super interesting and gives you enough runway for whatever. And I know it hasn't always been easy. And yes, you have these workflows and these day to days, but I want to know sort of what happens when things are really bad and you're questioning these things and don't have any peers to really talk to about what your life is even like. For example, we haven't talked about like the times you've literally been illegally pinned by police officers when they oh, pull yeah. your counting <laughs> thing in the middle of a thing. We haven't talked about like what happens when the art integration completely fails and takes way longer than you think. Like, yeah, what, what happens in those moments when it's just a complete disaster? Like why, oh. yeah. Yeah, I've been mentally, through... and also if you want to share any stories, we've got like ten minutes left. I would say, and you guys can all stay on talking longer, but I've got to leave at six. For sure, um, I've been through yeah, one one of the worst downturns in my life three years ago, where we were on a long road trip, and uh, within a span of about two weeks, we totaled our car near Las Vegas with the kids in the car. And then we were robbed a week after that. I lost a big significant portion of our bankroll. And then I was pinned on a curb by a police officer who was working for the casino at the time. He wasn't, he was an off-duty police officer. And he it turned out he was just kind of confused about what he was supposed to do. <laughs> and he physically assaulted me and and put me on the curb three times right in front of my family and uh yeah that that really put me in in a a low point in my life where i was questioning like is have i made all the wrong decisions <laughs> and thankfully i was able to overcome it because i have built a, a pretty good network of people that i've met online who do advantage play and have dealt nothing quite as extreme as that in just two weeks getting your car total, getting robbed and getting assaulted. Um, but they have dealt with some major negative scenarios from casinos who are uninformed or ignorant about the law and about what's really going on. You're not really offending them personally. You're just playing a game that they are allowing you to play and you're winning at it. You're playing it in a smart way. They should never treat you like a criminal. But uh, yeah, I have lots of stories of being backed off or treated very um, unfairly by casinos, to put it lightly. Yeah, that's terrible. It's like, yeah, I, was, I remember listening to some of your other podcasts about those two weeks, and it's still like kind of unbelievable for me. So I'm sure there's a lot more detail that we can share now if people are curious, but there are definitely places to look this up too. But yeah, yes. this feels not to um, be blasé about it, but it feels like if you took the third year PhD student who's feeling demoralized about their advisor saying you have to do another semester and you have to teach this class and TA this thing and publish a paper instead of doing your research, it feels like 
something like that, but like a thousand times worse or something. But the, the mental structure is kind of similar. It's like you're on your journey, you have a major setback. And that's yeah. right. I think the key is making sure you talk to people about it. Make sure you have a network of people that you trust and you know their advice is sound and just keep trying to get help. And sometimes you'll find the wrong person and it feels like another setback and they're not really helping. Or You just keep keep trying and and find somebody that you respect, a good mentor. That's huge in in the world of software development too, you'll go through highs and lows for sure. That's nothing fun. quite as criminal as as the uh, Vanish play sometimes. Joe, as your interest well, in Vanish play, has it um, changed the way that you approach game design at all? Like, have you designed your game so that somebody who wants to be highly strategic in a way that's similar to how you play blackjack might be able to? Is that something you think about? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I, I've i learned so much about what people value with their time or with their currency or whatever they're doing in a game. It's it, There's a major disconnect in what you think is going to happen and what statistically is going to happen over time. Like, you'll be playing a game, for instance, and you, I don't know, bust open a crate or something or you you beat a boss and they give you this item or something and and it's just a random number a lot of times and uh what people what happens in one scenario people think oh this is just going to continue to happen it's just a a human instinct and uh it's just not true it's it's not the way statistics work that that's a very simplified example but i've learned so much by repeating the same card game or the same behavior inside a casino and learning how expected value works and how to actually build a winning strategy over time it's very very different and i use that in my game design all the time for sure fascinating um kutu please let me know if you want to interrupt because i know you had a question but joe has your interest in either game design or card counting or anything like has it waned in these areas you ever get worried of like oh what if i get bored of this thing that's my main income like or is that just not even a concern um uh it has uh definitely i the behavior of card counting for 2000 hours can definitely be draining and you, you got to find other things to keep it interesting and getting backed off all the time kind of naturally forces you to be creative and, and find different areas. I do love to travel. My love for travel has never waned, so to speak, but the, the actual practice of playing the same game for thousands of hours, of course, decreases over time and you start looking for other areas. And because I built my network, I was able to find, other forms of advantage play inside the casino too, where you can earn income as well. And that helps to, to mix it up and keep, keep it more uh, mentally doable for me. <laughs> but um, uh, card, I'm not, sorry, game development and software development. I actually love, and I wish I could spend more, more time doing it. I, I just, if you haven't been able to tell from my history, 
of the way I make a living. I don't do well working for a company or having like somebody who's constantly checking in on me and making my schedule for me. I'm a very, I have a very flexible schedule. And so um, that has kind of, that's kind of sh uh, changed the way I, I have to approach a lot of projects. And, uh, I, but I've never lost interest in software development. That's what I want to do for a living. I think because I'm so bad at working for like a corporation, that's why I have taken to this other form of earning income. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. I do have to run in a moment, so I'm not trying to end the call, but I would just like to say thanks so much for rescheduling, coming to chat with this show. This has been yeah. extremely unique and interesting, and I've had a lot of fun with it. I hope others have as well. I've got to head off yeah. now. If people want to keep talking, by all means, please continue. Sure. Uh, so yeah, again, yeah. thank you. Great to see you again, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, you too. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, up. as the host, have to go soon too. But maybe we can do one more question. I think Kutub, did you have a, a last question? Uh, actually, yeah, I should do. Um, <laughs> I am. Maybe the, it's a bit of a two-part question. Sorry about that. So, sure. I'm interested in um, like interning for an indie game company, and I'm wondering. Like, what game conferences do you go to? Like, where should I go for, like, networking purposes? And then also, like, you know, how to best show my skills. Uh, I think one issue is that I actually work on educational games. And so I'm a little afraid that I'll be like, I know a bunch about educational games, but not, um, you know, like, you know, action games or what have you. But, but yeah, so, like, where do indie games typically hang out? Where can I meet them? And then also, like, how can I show my skills best? Yeah, um I go to GDC in San Francisco almost every year. I haven't been in the past two years, but that has been the best networking event for me as a developer. Their prices for their passes are just absurd. I would not recommend buying the pass, but you can still go to the convention and go to the expo. I think it's a lot cheaper and, uh, as long as you send some emails in advance or find some people you want to talk to, you'll basically be able to experience all the perks of networking of that convention without actually buying that insanely priced pass. My advisor um, would be able to get one for me. So yeah, that would that would be excellent if you can get that. And um, uh, I go to a lot of the gaming conventions. And with a plan of networking, I, I do PAX West, which I think is around the fall. And uh, I'll just ask the developers, like, who's the developer? Like, who's the lead on this project? And try to get to know them if it's, if it's something I'm really interested in. Normally, PAX is not like a networking convention, but it totally can be if you, if you're, if you know what you, who you want to talk to, which company. And showing yeah, I off, think, I think Boston actually has PAX East, so that should, that might be pretty easy for me to go to. Oh yeah, I've been to PAX East twice. I love that convention too. Same same sort of thing. Um, showing your work, um, we like to have like an iPad ready at all times, so you can just pull it out. Usually, I'll just like introduce myself 
if if there's time to talk and if they want to take a look at my project, I'll just pull out an iPad or your phone and uh, show what you're working on. Lately, we've had the Steam Deck, which is really nice. I don't know if you've ported anything to the Steam Deck, but it's very simple to get a .exe file working on the Steam Deck, and it it has nice controls, and you can just present any game that works in Linux. You can present it on a Steam Deck really quickly, and they can use thumbsticks or play the game very easily. So that's that's the way yeah, I would do it. If you want to show I, somebody I use your Godot game. on Linux, so <laughs> that's easy. Nice. Yeah, very nice. We're, I wish we would have started down the Godot road, but we started down the Unity road years ago, and now we can't get off. We're kind of stuck with Unity. Cool, Joe, this is really fun. Thank you for joining us. You know, it's fun to do events that are a little bit off the typical math CS route. Um, if people are interested in, in uh, you know, what you're working on, should they just email you? What's the best way to get in touch with you if they want to chat more? Email would be great. Yeah, I, I can give you a link or or I don't know if Jacob has given you my email. Jake, yeah, Jake, Jacob probably has it. So uh, Jacob can post it. I'll tell him to put it in Slack. And then if anyone has any questions, they can follow up. That would be perfect. Yeah, that sounds okay. great. It was great to talk to you guys. <laughs> cool. Hey, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Thank you. Thanks.